Nerd News Now. Hello, welcome to Nerd News Now. It's the end of August, uh, August 30th. Just me and Miss Jen. Uh, Crazy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Miss Jen, I see that you're uh, doing your FOCs, uh, trying to keep the uh, shelves stocked. Uh, you ordering ordering anything good right now? Um, it's so weird. I'm I'm just right in the middle of Amazing Spider-Man, which is it's number 74, and it. It says that it's the culmination of Nick Spencer's stuff that he's been running through all the different storylines up Mm -hmm. until the Kindred storyline and all that stuff. But the fun part about it is that they've rate the price of the book is ten dollars a book, and it was page count. Page count is ninety six, so it's a big thick book, but it does mean a lot of money on one book, which is fine. I just hard to know how to order such things and is that i guess that's uh, nick spencer's last issue right and then it gets handed over to a new creative team i think so which is i mean i like change i'm glad they're letting him finish up a storyline i just like it whenever like you have people that are working on a book and then all of a sudden you know in the middle of their run they're just like oh by the way we're Changing creative teams. Wrap up what you're doing. Which is kind of what I thought they did for did to Tom King during Batman. I, I felt like he had a very specific thing he was headed toward. And then they're like, and wrap it up. Yeah, uh, I mean, at least they let him do Batman Catwoman. But it's... um, I've always wondered on the creative end of things how long... Or how far out they're told that, you know, like how many, and, and I know it's different between for creative teams and publishers and distri- uh, you know, everything that goes into that process. But it's just like, I don't know how long it takes to make a book, which is, again, is a very subjective thing, but you always wonder like how, what the turnaround time is, is what I'm trying to say. Well, it's weird now because they have to I think they have to order earlier because you know they don't print them in the country at least I, I don't think anyone does I know that Marvel shows their stuff is being printed here but I don't know where it is but most everybody else uh, prints in Canada so it you know paper shortages and everything else that's going on right now um, I don't really know how much earlier they have to do. I've heard rumors that they've had to start putting in their orders ahead, you know, like they're setting their print runs ahead of FOC. Uh-huh. Not enough time otherwise. And about the, uh, so the 10 bucks per book, um, it's actually not that rare, but I guess it's typically reserved for like special editions and anniversaries of characters and things. Um, so, the current average price is, is it still three ninety nine for like a regular issue, or has it gone gotten bumped up to four ninety nine? Well, I I mean there are still a bunch of people uh, holding that line at three ninety nine, but I'm telling you that just based on what I've talked to people about for behind the scenes about the increased costs for them, that most everyone's going to have to bump it to four ninety nine here soon. It's just yeah, no, no way for them to like like right now. 
I know exactly to the penny how much one of the publishers is making per book because of the increase right now, and it's not even worth doing. Right. They're, they're sucking it up for all of us, and that's not sustainable. So they're going to have to move the price point, and it's not because they're mean or sitting there and like, woo, we're making billions. It's just they they got to keep the lights on somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think that's automatically the thought from consumers of anything including comics that like oh they got greedy but no sometimes it's just a sustainability and yeah. especially now like with i mean it seems that there's been just a list of like 20 things that we're short on right now and uh you know sand and paper and glass and everything that's used you know and uh, chicken microchips yeah it's just everything so um uh, and they're talking about school school supplies, but I think that was like a northeastern thing because I never saw that to be the case down here. But right. um, yeah, just and let alone <laughs> like the the people who are putting this together. I mean, just employment rates and and all kinds of things go into to these. But uh, I don't see someone jumping ship on a book that they love if it goes from 399 to 499 however that is a pretty hefty increase right i mean yeah. you know that's going up like up 25% so now as far as like 999 and the regular run of a book uh i don't know like don't you think they could have maybe done like a separate special because uh, it's just it's kind of like asking a lot of a subscriber to pay two and a half times even though i know people do it i've done it and uh most people don't blink about it but 9.99 is quite an increase even though you're getting 96 pages but it, and it's also like number 74 is an odd number to do that on even though like we said culmination of his run that's his last book so i guess those are, like yeah, their storyline at 75 yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Have they announced to the who is the new creative team? Um, shoot, I would normally go and look at that, but if as I am in the middle of that, it won't let me. Like, well, I can, I yeah, I can look it up on my end uh, as we continue to chat. So, besides ordering tons of comics for people, what have you been up to this last week? Um, man, this weekend was so cool. Um, I've been, you know, just over this whole summer, been talking to different people about collections that they've been going to be bringing in. One is this fellow who inherited all the stuff from his dad's 90s uh, comic book store that was in Tomball called Comics and More. That in the 90s, it just closed down and they put everything in boxes so it wasn't it wasn't like uh, stuff that had been gone through it was just like really cool stuff so I got the last of that on Saturday um, there is a sweet gentleman who's bringing in he had a toy store in one of the malls here in Houston like actual toys not like the janky toy stores that we get now mm-hmm so he's bringing all that to me in giant chunks. I got, I, I essentially got like four huge collections on Saturday. I spent most of my time trying to find a place to 
stick it in the store. What is the, uh, I mean, can, can that be overwhelming at times? You seem to deal with that a lot and just sort of, you know, like, like I know you've even told people you'll just sit in front of the TV and sort through comics or whatever. But when you get a, a large collection of stuff, like what do you go for first? Like just whatever catches your eye? Or do you just try to sort through it <laughs> all the way through? It depends on what it is. I mean, if it's if it's a whole bunch of stuff and parts of it are just what I know is going to be the slog, I, I'll either tackle the stuff that I know that people will want and get it out on the sales floor right away and then put the slog stuff just to the side and get to it eventually, you know, 10 years from now or whatever. Or I'll tackle the slog stuff first so it will get done and not forgotten as a way of like dangling the carrot of the cool stuff. Yeah. So like, for example, the stuff that came in from the nineties comic shop, he actually kind of did it so that I didn't have to make the decision. This last batch was what he thought was kind of like the trouble stuff that um, he didn't think that I would be that interested in. But like the stuff I took home on to work on on Sunday was all like, Pogs and sets of 90 cards. I had so much fun. Yeah. Pogs. Pogs. I'm, I'm going to have those come back, you know. I'm working yeah. Uh, I keep thinking, like, they, they they keep threatening to come back, but they haven't quite yet. I, I thought that with the emergence of, you know, the Marvel cards going insane uh, over the last year, uh, collector-wise and price-wise, that Pogs might make a comeback, but uh, so far, no. Well, I haven't seen any, like, produced. Like, I'm not even talking about them coming back as a collectible. I'm talking about people making Pogs again, kind of like uh, every 10 years or so, Beyblades come back and Bakugan. Just thinking like that. Uh... I think if we're truly having a paper shortage, I would uh, just save paper and not make pogs again. I, pogs are something that I'm, I know I collected a few of them, never played. Don't, I remember, like, was there like a big stopper pog or something like that? Basically like, with an eraser around the outside. What was it? A slammer, right? Okay. Yeah, clearly I never played pogs. I'm sure... It, so at one point, it was so popular, there's probably like a national Pog championship on ESPN Ocho or whatever, but I go. never personally played Pogs. So. Uh, so maybe four years ago, five years ago, when we had our, like, it was a Cadets Con or one of our other events, we, uh, we actually uh, advertised that we were having a Pog tournament. And we had actually some people come and to participate. I just thought I, I was being funny and witty, and people actually came. And I learned that I'm horrible at playing pogs. And, <laughs> and the young folks would probably, I guess, hypothetically never played pogs. They just bought a set while they were here. Owned me. But that's the thing, is I have no idea how you played. What, did you just flip them over and that was it? Like, I don't... Oh, the, so the rules of Pogs are fun. So there's a lot of people that think Pogs are just a collectible and you don't do anything with them. But Right. So if we were going to play a battle of Pogs, you and I, I don't even know if the, the number is accurate, but we'll say we're going to agree on five. So you bring five of your Pogs, 
and I bring five of my pogs. If we're playing for pinks, then we don't mark them. But if we are keeping our own pogs at the end of this game and saying friends, then we'll mark the pogs that are ours so we'll know which ones are ours. Or just know that I'm playing with X-Men pogs and you're all spawn or whatever. So uh, we would put one of yours, one of mine, one of yours, one of mine, one of yours, one of mine, until they're all stacked up in one stack. And then we take turns taking our giant slammers and hitting the top of our stack, which is funny because those are collectible and now you're damaging them. Yeah, there goes the near mint status, yeah. So you slam them, you try to flip them over. As many as you flip over, those are ones that you score. And it's really hard when you get down to the last pog in the pile. Trying to flip one pog is interesting, but there's a way to do it. Um, and then you either do it for points. Let's say you 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 flipped and scored seven and I only did three. Then you just restack them and go again. Or if you're playing for what they call, you know, like for keeps, then you would get to keep those that you got to flip over. That was why it was kind of like Pokemon in the way that some some moms disliked the game very much because they just went and spent a lot of money on those pogs and their kid would come home and be like, I don't have any pogs, mom, I need to go get some pogs. Where are your pogs? I lost them in the game. It's like, uh, it's just like gambling, it sounds like. I mean, the rules sound a little less complicated than blackjack, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I would never slam collectibles. No way. Uh-uh. You're going to lose that gem mint status. I mean, some people probably buy a comic and don't even open it once. That, Unread. Mint gem, 9.8. That happens all the time. Yeah. But it's also kind of sad because it's like that's the way the medium was meant to be enjoyed. So, Although with Pogs, I mean... You're just going to literally stare at them because they don't do anything. They weren't big enough to be coasters. And, uh, yeah, so why not just stack them up and try to flip them over, I guess. Uh, just to go back to the uh, the Spider-Man question, um, I remember seeing that it's going back to three times a month, which I have feelings about. <laughs> but uh, after Nick Spencer departs, it's going to be uh, – Creative team of four writers, Kelly Thompson, Zeb Wells, uh, Saladin Ahmed, and Cody Ziegler, and then artist Patrick Gleason. So that's four writers and one artist to do three books a month. Uh, so probably there's going to be supplemental artists in there somewhere, I would think. Um, what's your thought on three books a month from one title? Well, I mean, that's it too far in my mind i i don't really even like two books in a month unless it's like you know back when it used to be uh superman and action comics and they just it was like a one week it was one and the next week it was the other then you just had like you knew every week you had a continuing storyline that was all tied together those i don't mind yeah it, it, but it's just I mean, I understand, like, Batman makes money, so they want to do Batman twice a month, but, uh, and since Spider-Man is Marvel's Batman, but it just seems like overkill, and from a comic book shop owner's perspective, it's like, you understand that there's hardcore Spider-Man fans and hardcore Batman fans, and that they're gonna buy those issues no matter what, however... 
that takes away from them discovering any cool indie books or any other books that might sustain more business <laughs> in the future, right? I don't know. It just seems like is greedy the right word? Probably, but I, I don't know. It's just it seems like too much. Yeah, I think their their hope is to keep us everyone engaged, but um, uh, I don't know. I think you can push it too far and have people be like, well. I think I know where I'm going to jump off. Like, I mean, that's the danger right now, right? When Nick Spencer ends at 74 for ASM, for example, if everyone's like, okay, well, that was a lot of money and um, this is going to be a new story arc with new people. And now is my time to like end that on my pull box. We don't really want that. We want people to still love their characters and keep on with them. And and then... And then it also seems like milestones aren't earned, which was already a thing because, you know, companies change their numbering, then they magically change them back whenever a milestone is about to be reached. But if you're at issue 74, I mean, that's only eight and a half months before you're at issue 100. You know, there's going to be like 25 variants and you're going to be asking people to pay probably $5.99 or more because it's going to be supersized and all this. I don't know. It's just like. It's just too much. Um, and I understand you're in the, the business of selling comics. So, uh, you know, like anything where people are buying comics, that's great. But it's like, in this case, it's like, you know, leave some for other comics and comic creators. <laughs> just because this is, I don't know. It, it's just, it's too much. Like, I get, again, I understand two books a month for like the top, top characters but but three is just law of diminishing returns right especially with i they want to keep them engaged sure but don't they know that there's like a million other things we can read and watch and do too <laughs> so you don't want to burn someone out i think true my only guess is i don't know maybe um maybe we've pulled back and are buying less copies so then they have to sell more copies to make up for it and this is the mm. way they like funny math you know what's really crazy is because you have collectors out there who probably never crack open the books you could probably just print the same book three times a month with a different cover and no one would know that would be a scary experiment to try <laughs> it would be scary um it would really be scary. What what book was it? Was it um, Passive Aggressive last yeah. month that had like a completely different book inside and like half the country got one and half the country got the other? We never talked about that on the show, but uh, that was an interesting experiment. And now how do people get the other half of or the other book? So, um, okay, there were a couple different ways. One was to just find... A retailer from the other side of the country and mm. for it um, because it was an even split right it was Texas and then East all got pa uh, aggressive and then everyone else was passive and then uh, there was another way where you could um, you could turn in um, one of your buttons the ones that people like sat up front of stores for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. To and just to throw this out there, this is bad idea comics. That's what the publisher was. Right. Yeah. Um, they could turn in a button in order to get the other one, I think. Or no. Oh, wait. 
it was the sticker, the final five sticker. That was what they could use. They could send in this final five sticker to get the other one. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I read about that. Now, I don't know if that's like the same issue or like a variant or what, but uh, as far as I know, the book was completely different on the inside, right? Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff that was different. I know that in our aggressive one, uh, there were a couple of blank pages. And that's so funny because a blank page said at the bottom, this blank page is left blank on, on purpose, or was it? Wow, okay. So I don't know if there was different content for the books on those pages, and, the, or they, and they switched which pages were the, this is blank content. And, and now, bad idea, I mean, I know that's a publisher that you support a lot, and um, we've talked about them on the show before, but uh, they were doing this whole thing where it's like we didn't really know if they were ending or not. They're doing like the final five. So are they going to reinvent themselves or are they done? Or we still don't know. Don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, it's so funny. They, it, it's kind of brilliant what they've done, right? So um, their fans and detractors are pretty rabid, both sides. But they talk about them all the time in social media. So no matter what, they always have their name out in social media being talked about so uh, it's, it's pretty brilliant and they also have us both trusting and distrusting everything that they say we trust them as a company that they're going to do something cool but we distrust what they're selling us when they tell us you know this is what we're quitting the company on this date and then we're never making another comic book there, there's it's, it's a really funny way to run a company yeah i mean i guess uh I, I don't know. I, I would assume that, that this is a gimmick based on how they started, but I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I got no clue. Yep. I mean, they really could get to the end of the books being released uh, in December, and <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to talk about the box office, and normally uh-huh. you've, you've seen the movie that's top of the box office most of the weekends twice honestly yep. but you're not a horror person no. so i'm i'm imagining that you did not contribute to the uh number one box office spot of Candyman, which made uh over 22 million dollars no but i'm super happy for them because i i mean i i saw the trailer quite a few times and i thought it might be one that i might think about seeing if i ever did like horror because it reminded me a lot of kind of like the the tensions that they didn't get out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what you can do is just wait for it to be released and then just watch it with the lights on. That's what I do. In all seriousness, if I think I'm going to be freaked out by a movie. Uh, no, but his movies are awesome, so I'm definitely going to check that out at some point. Uh, now, did you see anything this weekend in the theater? I, I, we didn't. Weirdly, we didn't go to the movies. I don't know if we even talked about it, which is bizarre for us because we always watch everything that comes out. But maybe we, maybe he looked at the list before date night and was like, yeah, she doesn't want to watch it that. Well, I mean, because to be fair, there's only been one wide release movie a week, if that. I mean, and free, free guy, you know, when, when people talk about box office um, and they talk about the percentage, drop off mm-hmm. um people don't understand that 50 percent drop off is is normal 
like it's like if like if a movie has 30 million one week and then 15 million the next it's like that's completely normal well uh free guy had like less than 50 percent drop off last week and then this week it was only a 26 percent drop off now that equates to only six million dollars but it's still uh I'm, I'm sorry that equates to um that one got 13.2 million so it only dropped 26 percent. so that one's doing really well and the thing that has uh going for it is that it's theater only right like there's no dual digital release and then uh if you're curious paw patrol rounded out the top three with a uh, 6.7 million uh and again that that one did drop about 50 percent, which again normal um now i'm kind of surprised that shang chi is not going to have premiere access on disney plus but i guess they're sort of just hedging their bets that like people really want to see this movie and also that worldwide it's going to do really well so I assume you're gonna make it out to the theater for that one this weekend, right? I I can't imagine I wouldn't. Although I will be truthful, my the rest of my family seems very uh, apathetic about this release, which is weird to me. But all my friends are all like, "I'm gonna go see it on IMAX in the first possible moment that I can see it." So yeah, I wonder. I mean, are are they experiencing Marvel burnout possibly, or has there been other Marvel movies that they're not they're just kind of mad about at first? I, I, they might be experiencing burnout. Them, even though the younger one loves all the stuff that's on, you know, like he did Loki with us, and mm-hmm. but uh, maybe maybe. Uh, it's possible that we are too, because we, what are we in week four of what if, and I haven't watched any of them yet. Oh, well, I'll, I'll take that off the rundown. Cause I was going to gush about that show. That's probably the best thing they've ever done. So and like, all, what, to- what if, in all honesty? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not for kids though. Right. Not at all. It is terrifying. I got scared in episode three of what if. Oh, wow. I mean, there's like so it's the most murder anything Marvel's ever had. I mean, I'm sure in the comics it gets dark and I know that like zombies are somewhere in this. So but uh, it's pretty brutal. Episode three is very brutal. Um, And I can't imagine showing it to like a kid who loves the Avengers or something. So I don't know. But uh, back to Shang-Chi for a second. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see it. If I wasn't terrified of theaters right now, I'd go. Um, and I do want to support it. I wish they would just let me pay them the $30 and, and watch it now. Uh, or immediately, every first thing on Friday or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think they're still sort of feeling this out. And also they had the whole Black Widow situation. That may be contributing to this. Or it may not. I... I find it hard that, to believe that, you know, I don't know when the contracts for movies are done. I don't know if it's three years before the release date or, you know, for a normal release or what. But um, that's still like a weird situation. And then, you know, a movie like Jungle Cruise came out and now it's been like greenlit for uh, a sequel. And there was never any, you know, mention of that. 
as far as like the the pay you know yeah yeah so it's just i I don't know but um i guess someone else had mentioned well maybe they're sort of like testing shang chi uh they're using that as a test for eternals because i would see and i would think that way more people will be interested in shang chi um than eternals because if you try to explain to a non-common person what Eternals is, <laughs> it's like, huh? What? Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. So, and then, of course, December is Spider-Man, right? Now, were you able to see the Spider-Man trailer? Or are um, you avoiding it? I'm avoiding it because I feel like that... From what people have been saying, it gives away so much that I don't know if I'll enjoy the movie as much if I watch it. I don't think it gives away anything. I I don't... Maybe I'm just, you know, confused or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe it's because... Look, uh, maybe it's because I'm expecting things to get wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. Because they already told us that this Phase 4 is all is going to be all about parallel timelines and alternate universes and and all that so i'm expecting it to get wild so for me the trailer didn't give me nearly enough cuz like Kyle was saying last week uh on the show he's not he has zero interest in watching it unless Toby Maguire is confirmed in it so now everyone's expecting Toby Maguire Andrew Garfield possibly Emma Stone i mean like everything like all you got all we've ever gotten even though it's like three separate, you know, companies that made these movies. Um, so, no, I don't think the trailer gave away anything. I would like to talk to someone who thinks the trailer gave away too much and go, what? No, I actually did see a friend post that, though, where it's like, I wanted to be surprised. And I can understand that, but I think the, I guess with all these storylines, there's a really big space left for surprises. So, I, I don't know. I, I think you go all in. I mean, I think... And, and the fact that now if someone was mad about it, it's kind of like, well, it's probably not going to get any better because it took three days for Spider-Man No Way Home to pass the uh, trailer reviews for Endgame. So think about that for a second, how big that movie was. It took three days. So I think the fervor works... Uh, I think what they did was awesome, and uh, no, it doesn't give... I don't think it gives anything away, but maybe it's just because I already knew what I was looking for in it or know what to expect. But sure. if if you have a Spider-Man movie called No Way Home, and you have an Ant-Man movie called Quantumania, mm-hmm. and you have a Doctor Strange movie called Multiverse of Madness... Like what? Like I don't. What? What do you? What did you expect? Like I. I don't know. Like it's now. If if you just want to avoid the trailer because you just don't want to see like key scenes or key characters or hear voices or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But like yeah. what? Uh, what? What could it possibly give away? I don't know. And and by the way, once again, without uh. You know, respecting the fact that you haven't seen the trailer, uh, I do want to say that 
or I want you to guess for me. Uh, do you think we're actually ever going to see Mephisto? Because there's been like nine different times where the Marvel stuff, the movies, the you know Scarlet Witch, WandaVision, like they've been teasing and teasing. Do you think we're ever really going to see that, or are we just being trolled at this point? I mean, and more beyond that, are they going to go full Mephisto and give him like you know? Are we are we going to see his hotel? Oh well. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, it. I, I guess one thing that the other thing when when someone says, "Oh, the trailer revealed too much," you're assuming where it's going to go. Yeah. And and that's why you know being trolled so many times, I don't think it's going to end up going there. But also because they can do whatever they want. So, um, I'm just ready for the movie. We've heard about all these movies for so long. We had like this huge drought, and now we're getting this like insane influx. If you think about. Shang-Chi followed by Eternals followed by Spider-Man like we would used to have to wait a year in between movies like to get movies like that so um yeah I don't know like uh try to get your family pumped up uh and go see that movie I know you're gonna go see it oh yeah but but I think uh I'm predicting uh 40 million I'll predict 40 million safely which which in a non-pandemic would be a huge disappointment for an MCU film. But I would say 40 million domestic and wave four of a pandemic would be fantastic uh, based on what some of these other movies have made. And uh, just the fact that people have not been introduced to this character yet, but once they get introduced, I think they're going to love it. So we'll see. Um, I'm the most excited. Aquafina. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Like, she is awesome. Have you ever seen Nora from Queens on Comedy Central? Mm-mm, nope. Oh, if you like her, that comedy is hilarious. Hilarious. Nora from Queens. Nora. Starring Aquafina. Uh, I got a couple other, uh, some movie news. Uh, Megan Fox has been cast in Expendables 4, and I was like, wait, there's another Expendables? Wait, there's four Expendables? I think I might have seen the first one. I don't know. Oh, they no, I mean, the- I, I mean, I know I saw the first one. It's possible. I remember Ronda Rousey being in the second one, but I don't know if I ever actually saw it. So, yeah, that's the thing that's happening. Yeah, I'm down yeah. with that. Um, and then also, uh, the return of the Rocketeer, Disney Plus has announced the exclusive film. Uh, it's going to be called that, just that, Return of the Rocketeer. Uh, it's going to be produced by Jessica and David uh, Aguilowo, and uh, he was he played he starred sorry he starred in Selma. There's possibility of he, he might also star as Rocketeer in the film. This is going to be a reimagined version where it's about a retired Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airman that ends up becoming a hero. It's going to be written by Ed Recourt. Who wrote Now You See Me and a few episodes of Jessica Jones. So, uh, do you have any thoughts on The Rocketeer? I just remember people loving that in the 90s. I mean, I I like nostalgic characters. That, like the Flash Gordons and uh, Tom Corbett. And, you know, stuff that you would have found in a, an old serial. It's just like, I, I like those kinds of characters. The Phantom, yeah. Shadow. 
uh, I it was like ahead of its time the film while also being um, paying a tribute to all the characters that you mentioned so I think it'll be cool uh, I uh, am looking forward to that now I don't think we talked about this last week let me know if we did but did we talk about the uh, live action Cowboy Bebop last week we did not, and I've only seen just, like, still pictures of the cast, and they look really great. And that's all that we have seen so far, but... Oh, no trailer, okay. Right, no, no trailer. Those cast photos were released, and we even got to see uh, the Corgi that's playing Ayn. Um, no Ed, uh, but the other three main characters in that. So, I've been apprehensive about you know, getting pumped up for that. But knowing some of the creative minds behind it, like Christopher Yost, it's like, I'm bring it on, bring it on. It'll be fun. Uh, I think that one thing that people get too wound up about in nerddom is that they think when something is redone or reimagined or rebooted, uh, that the other, the other thing goes away. So I, I think, I guess you have like a fear from people that like, once Cowboy Bebop live action comes onto Netflix, like mm-hmm. the anime will be erased from history and they can never watch it again. <laughs> and they'll they'll put their Blu-ray in their Blu-ray player and it'll blow up and be like, no, <laughs> both cannot exist. You ever get that like sentiment from nerds where they just get so wound up? Like it's like, I mean, it's like He-Man or anything else. It's like the thing that you loved didn't go away you just get more of that thing and you may not like this version like you might really love chicken and you go to three restaurants and they cook it differently each time and the third one might be terrible but the first two were still really good dishes like that doesn't change i I don't know like it just we have so much now like there's so so much we're getting um and uh it's wild that people get so wound up about like no, this is this can't exist. What well, no, it can exist. And also, there's people who they you know scoff at cartoons or they've never gotten into anime, so they're gonna be able to watch this story, you know, in 2021 live action, and uh, maybe that will cause them to go, hey, I want to see what the the anime this is based on now. So, if anything, it's gonna feed the interest for that thing. But uh. Yeah, just a public service announcement. The anim the anime is not getting mind wiped from existence when the live action comes out. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but but is there anything that you feel that passionate about where you're like, you better never remake this ever? The Princess Bride. They should okay. go to hell if they try. Okay. Now, if they ever added, like, a supplementary cartoon series that took place in that universe, would you be okay with that? Okay. But you just don't want it to be, like, remade or redone. Nope. That's fair, but I just want you to know that the original will still exist if that happens. (laughs) Um, Was it... I can't remember if it was... Comic Palooza or where it was that Carrie Ulls came, but you had to go into a tent to see him. And that was the, it was really weird. 
Was it Comic Palooza or uh, was it one of the other ones here? Comic Palooza, and I think that he said that he wanted to make sure that everyone got to have the t- their time with him and not be distracted. And but, also, like, be able to sell you a book when you walk in there. Yeah, I bought that book. Yeah, I think I did too. But uh, that was just, it, it was very uh, odd to go into like a tent in the middle of a uh, comic convention. But hey, whatever works. But uh, no, I, yeah, I, I'll agree with you on Princess Bride, but I do want you to know the original will still always exist. So we'll always have that. I don't think they have the technology to like erase something that's been. Uh, rebooted but i mean if you can still find like the bootleg vhs tapes of fantastic four from like like what 93 or 94 okay um wasn't it and also it was uh if that technology existed then george lucas would have made sure yeah the star wars christmas special because there was like there was always rumors that he would go around and buy copies and destroy them (laughs) So yeah, that doesn't that uh, technology. Uh, Princess Bride is safe. Okay, it's it, it's safe. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for Cowboy Bebop. Um, and then CW has cast Poison Ivy for Batwoman. Uh, Bridget Regan will portray Poison Ivy in season three of Batwoman, and you may remember her from Agent Carter. Uh, she played Dottie, who was uh, in canon the first Black Widow. So, I like it. And she was also like on Jane the Virgin for five seasons, but I sadly have not seen that. But uh, I do remember her as Dottie from Agent Carter. She's a good actress, and uh, Annie Poison Ivy always good. Uh, admittedly, I haven't been keeping up with Batwoman or really any of the CW shows, so. I probably need to get back on that. But uh, so let's go to comics. Um, As usual, I'm looking at this release list and there's I don't know how many. There's a lot. There's like uh, there's got to be like 10 rows of eight comics. And it's just I don't know how people keep up with this stuff. Like it's so many. I'll read off like sort of like the the names and some of the number ones and then you can help me fill in the gaps or let me know uh what uh, i would like to know once i rattle these off what you're reading if anything i mean i know you don't have much time but like if if you were keeping up with uh being able to read any of these but so we have avengers number 48 which is notable because it's um world war she hulk number three and then we got new mutants 21 Infinite Frontier number five, Star Wars High Republic nine, Spawn 321. We got the Batman Superman Annual number one. Uh, Undiscovered Country keeps rolling along at number 15. We have Batman Fear State Alpha at number one. We have Marvel Dark Ages number one. We have uh, Star Wars The High Republic Adventures number eight. Uh, Basilisk number four and then I saw some number ones on here somewhere where so we have well Midnighter Animal number one 
we also have from Bad Idea, Pirate Queen number one. Um, I guess Red Sonia's rebooting again, Dynamite, uh, Red Sonia number one. From Artist Writers and Artisans, Telepass number one. From Aftershock, Almost American number one. Uh, and I haven't even read like a, a, a fifth or a sixth or seventh of these titles. So help me out here. What are we looking for or where are we looking at this week? <laughs> well, I mean, for things that I think people should pay attention to, um, I am interested in reading the Almost American because I've really found that I really like everything that Aftershock does. So I just always add that to my list and I, I usually read all that all the way through. Um, for me, I'm going to definitely be reading Jules Verne Lighthouse number five, which is the last in the uh, Brian Haberlin's uh, series that he's doing right now at Image. Um, I'm interested to read the other new book from Bad Idea, Monster Kill, Squ- Kill Squad. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. And what is my read? What is my read? Oh, I also uh, would be really sad if I didn't mention Mullet Cop number one from Scout. That's right. And uh, just be aware, it'll probably disappear as soon as it hits the racks. But there's one more facsimile edition for Ultimate Comics Fallout number four, which releases. Yeah, what is up with that? I saw that. Like, is it? Well, what's the deal with that? It's the first Miles Morales. But but it's like okay let me let me I, I was unclear so what is up with the popularity of the facsimile editions? It's, it's I a think thing that's kind of started recently. Historically, if you go back and look at the facsimile editions for key books, they also have become worth money when the print run is done. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, like. You can see, you can pay $20 for a facsimile of something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, I, and I've seen, like, different variants and variations of that book specifically. Oh, is it because it's its 10-year anniversary? Oh, I don't know. I, know I think that, it has been 10 years, yeah. I know that, I know that Marvel sent me a message this, this week that they are uh, going to do be reprinting um, the first appearance of Spider-Gwen. So, and that one's another one of these ultimate books. They were looking, they were, they were looking to see if anyone wanted special covers, which of course they're like, the first thing they say is, no, you can't have a virgin cover of the exact same thing that is the original book. Yeah. Um, that was her first appearance was what Edge of Spider Verse. Yeah, I think it's Edge of like, Spider three, two, two or three. Yeah. Um, uh, there's just so many comics. And then uh, the other thing that people are probably going to be crazy about is that you know that the book White from Black Mask. Yeah. There is a second printing of number two arriving. The crazy thing is that. Um, I don't know. I don't remember if they made a second printing of number one, but all of them have been allocated. This is the first time I've had more than three copies arrive. And now I'm getting six. And I think I ordered 20. 
Wow. Okay. So they're allocated. They're, I mean, their print runs for white have been like 2,500. And if yeah. you have 2,500 stores, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I mean, and that's why people line up to get this stuff. And then, you know, some of them, unfortunately, are probably trying to flip them right away. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. So do you actually ever get to slow down and read comics? And if so, which ones are you following right now? So I don't slow down to read comic books, but I do read a bunch of them for review on Tuesdays. But uh, I go back to the same ones quite often. Like I'm still reading uh, Geiger. I really like that one. I'm reading Basilisk still. I kind of judge books whether I, I feel like they're good if I'm still in review reading like high numbers. Yeah. For ones. I think what else on this list if I'm been reading since the beginning or still reading every single one. Oh, by the way, there's a Stray Dogs retailer thank you variant that's coming out, which will be one per store. That'll oh be my gosh. Really? Crazy. That'll be brutal tomorrow. I mean, on Wednesday when people are like trying to like battle each other at the door for them. In which, you know, now you're trusting the store is actually going to sell theirs. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's that's like uh, covers, right? Like all it is, it's like the images covers. of all the covers inside. I don't know what it is that they've made. I think that's what it is, which would be awesome because those covers are awesome. I will take whatever they want to give me. It's a freebie, and I'm never going to be like, what? That's not what I wanted for a free thing. Yeah. Happy for anything interesting. Oh, and I've been reading the Second Coming series, uh, which came out through Ahoy. Oh, okay. The second series, Only Begotten Son. It's the book, the book series is in general. Uh, God looks at Jesus and says he needs to learn about humanity, kind of like the Thor story. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a superhero that needs to learn about being a superhero, and those two get kind of smashed together and kind of have like a, a buddy adventure in the first one where they both are trying to teach each other about what it means to be good and do the right thing and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of interesting. And now this one, one of them has a baby. So it's them kind of like toting around to, to a superhero, a God and a baby. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that one sounds different if nothing else for sure. Yeah. I think So just so I don't even know if you remember this book actually was slated to come out through, I think DC and DC, uh, uh said that it was too controversial for them. Even though I read the first huh. one, I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's a very sweet series that's not saying anything bad about any any of the people in it. So Yeah. That's that's kind of interesting. I mean, especially because what was the what was the book that caused all the controversy like a year or two ago, Batman Damned or whatever? Yeah, it's I I don't know. Maybe maybe they just didn't want to carry it. I don't know. Silly sillies. 
But uh, so any what anything else going on? Anything else to look forward to in comics over the next? I mean, I know you order stuff way out, so or any industry news or anything. I mean, uh, as part of the experience, uh, we did a bunch of interviews over the weekend, and uh, I I always like to see if I can get publishers to spoil things. Yeah. Like to, to drop them with us before you know bleeding cool gets it but uh behemoth was so awesome man they like dropped all kind of stuff because they 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 said they were doing a name change for their company uh from behemoth comics to just behemoth they're they're making vinyl records uh they are they just announced a video game division with a video game they dropped that information this morning uh, and uh they, they said that they were you know the, the the relationship that like Keanu Reeves has with Boom, and uh, Amelia Clark has with Image, where they're doing their own book stuff. He was like, "Well, I think we're 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 talking to somebody to do that with for Behemoth. Uh, that's really excited about doing a project with us." And they were like, "We were like, well, can you tell us who it is?" We're like, "Well, we can't really say anything yet." And he's like, "Well, we can tell you. It's a an actor that has a." a cousin that he works with a lot and then one of the people that were in the chat said is it Stephen Amell and instead of them saying oh uh, we can't say anything they said how'd you guess that yeah <laughs> it's like sometimes I just love interviewing to like see can I can I get news that people can get really excited about yeah and, uh, comic book series created with by Stephen ML. That'd be cool. Again, it's it hey, it's becoming a trend to have actors sort of like expand their genre and get in there and write comics, co-write comics. So um and that's a guy who understands fandom. Uh-huh. You know, like whether it's with heels um for for wrestling fans on stars right now. Or, like, making his own wine. You know, like, he gets, he just yeah. gets it. He gets, like, connoisseurs and collect, collectors and stuff like that. Well, uh, well, we made it almost an hour. So, <laughs> I think, I'm not sure. I've lost time. So, time is flown. That's always good. Um, so, thank you, Miss Jen, for getting through uh, an hour of Nerd News Now with me. And thank you for watching Nerd News Now. Part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out more shows on Woodlands Online, like Music Cafe, the Adventure Begins show, Woodlands House and Home, The Best You, Between the Trees, Business Talk, and much more. You can watch all these on Woodlands Online and on our partner station, KBQT HD 21, over the air on your television. All these shows and more on Roku right now. Just search and add Woodlands Online TV to your streaming lineup. And you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time on Nerd News Now.